share. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated Word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. I don't want to be here when that flame is Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, August 27, 2014, or LO Day 1. 5774 on the Hebrew calendar for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast coming to you live from the beautiful and breathtaking studios of DoubleWideNetwork.com where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is 9-11 and Beyond. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. We ask, Lord, that the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit go out through the airwaves today to open the eyes and ears of the hearer spiritually, to see and hear in the Spirit that which you have prepared and ordained for this 11.59 and split seconds before the return of your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, in the rapture. Holy Spirit, have your way this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another captivating episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we begin today's show, let me just say that we have a lot of ground to cover in a very short period of time. With that said, let us dive right into our first subject of the day, which is our economy. We'll be taking a short peek into, as the title of this piece reflects, 14 reasons why the U.S. economy's bubble of false prosperity may be about to burst. Written by my favorite writer, Michael Snyder of TheEconomicCollapse.com, dated August 13th, 2014, and begins thusly with Mr. Snyder asking the question, did you know that a major event just happened in the financial market that we've not seen since the financial crisis of 2008? If you rely on the mainstream media for your news, you probably didn't even hear about it. Just prior to the last stock market crash, a massive amount of money was pulled out of junk bonds. Now it's happening again. In fact, as you will read about below, Mr. Schneider says, the market for high-yield bonds just experienced a Six Sigma event But this is not the only indication that the U.S. economy could be on the verge of very hard times. Retail sales are extremely disappointing, mortgage applications are at a 14-year low, and growing geopolitical storms around the world have investors spooked. Continuing on, Mr. Snyder states that for a long time now, We've been enjoying a period of relative economic stability, even though our underlying economic fundamentals continue to get even worse. Unfortunately, there are now a bunch of signs that this period of relative stability is about to end. The following are 14 reasons why the U.S. economy's bubble of false prosperity 
may be about to burst. Number one on the list, the U.S. junk bond market just experienced a Six Sigma event earlier this month. In other words, it is an event that is only supposed to have a chance of one in 500 million of happening. Billions of dollars are being pulled out of the junk bonds right now, and that has some analysts wondering if a financial crash is right around the corner. Number two on our list, the last time that we saw a junk bond route of this magnitude was back during the financial crisis of 2008. In fact, as the Telegraph recently explained, bonds usually crash before stocks do. The credit market usually leads the equity market during turning points, as happened when credit markets cracked first in 2008. Mr. Snyder then asks the question, will the same thing happen this time around? Moving on to number three, Mr. Snyder says that retail sales have missed expectations for three months in a row, and we just had the worst reading since January. Number four on the list of the 14 reasons why the U.S. economy's bubble of false prosperity may be about to burst is that things have gotten so bad that even Walmart is really struggling. Same-store sales at Walmart have declined for five quarters in a row. Mr. Snyder says, and the outlook for the future is not particularly promising. As we advance to number five, Mr. Snyder states that the four-week moving average for mortgage applications just hit a 14-year low. It is now even lower than it was during the worst moments of the financial crisis of 2008. Listen up, my friends. Knowledge is power. Moving on to number six, the tech industry is supposed to be booming, says Mr. Schneider, but mass layoffs in the tech industry are actually 68% ahead of last year's pace. Now, at the midpoint of our 14 reasons why the U.S. economy's bubble of false prosperity may be about to burst In number seven, Mr. Snyder makes known this startling but very true statement. According to the Federal Reserve, 40% of all households in the United States are currently showing signs of financial stress. Number eight, Mr. Snyder continues by saying that the U.S. home ownership rate has fallen to the lowest level since 1995, And in number nine says that according to one survey, 76% of Americans do not have enough money saved to cover six months of expenses. Looking forward to number 10, we find that rumblings of a stock market correction have become so loud that even mainstream media is reporting on it. For example, Mr. Schneider says, just check out the CNN headline from earlier this month. Is a correction near Wall Street on edge? Moving along, as we explore number 11, Mr. Snyder reminds us that the civil war in Iraq is spiraling out of control, and Barack Obama has just announced that he's going to send 130 troops to the country in a humanitarian capacity. Iraq is the seventh largest oil-producing nation on the entire planet, and if the flow of oil is disrupted, that could have serious consequences. Just before we move on to number 12, I have a little side note for you. Since the writing of this article back on August 13th, the U.S. has as well added airstrikes over Iraq and is at this hour contemplating whether or not to do the same over Syria in a concerted effort to eliminate ISIL, and ISIS. With that said, on to number 12. Here, Mr. Snyder states that as a result of the conflict in Ukraine, the United States, Canada, and the European Union have slapped sanctions on Russia. In return, Russia has slapped sanctions on them. Will this slowdown in global trade significantly significantly harm the U.S. economy? As we engage number 13, it was said back at the writing of this article, there again on August 13, that the three-day ceasefire between Hamas and Israel is about to end, and Hamas 
officials are saying that they are preparing for a long battle if a resolution is not found. We could potentially see a full-blown regional war erupt in the Middle East. As of today, August 27th, my friends, I have an update on the situation between Israel and its enemy, Hamas. At the preparing of this broadcast, Israel and Hamas had just agreed to an open-ended ceasefire, and at the same time, it is now being reported that Syria has just overtaken a checkpoint on the Golan Heights, which is alarming and troubling at best. So we'll just have to sit tight and see how all of this plays out. I say it's not over until it's over, and when it's over, it's over. Finally, my friends, we find ourselves at number 14 on the list of 14 reasons why the U.S. economy bubble of false prosperity may be about to burst, of which states that the number of Ebola deaths continues to grow at an exponential rate, and if Mr. Schneider says, the virus starts spreading inside the United States, it has the potential to pretty much shut down our entire economy. Mr. Schneider heads for conclusion by stating that, meanwhile, things look even more dire in much of the rest of the globe. For example, the economic slowdown has gotten so bad in some nations over in Europe that they are actually experiencing deflation. Portugal has crashed into deep deflation, and Italy's inflation rate has fallen to zero as the Eurozone flirts with recession, automatically pushing these countries further towards a debt compound spiral. The slide comes amidst signs of a deepening slowdown in the Eurozone core, with even Germany flirting with possible recession. Germany's ZEW index of investor confidence plunged from 27.1 to 8.6 in July, the sharpest fall since June of 2012 during the European sovereign debt crisis. The European Central Bank has to act now, says uh, Andrew Roberts, credit chief of RBS. And in Japan, Mr. Schneider says GDP just contracted at a 6.6. 6.8% annual rate during the second quarter. Japan's economy suffered the worst contraction since 2011 in the second quarter as consumer spending on big items slumped in the wake of a sales tax rise. Gross domestic product shrunk by an annualized 6.8% in the three months ended June. Japan's cabinet office said Wednesday the result was actually better than the 7% contraction expected by economists. On a quarterly basis, Japan's GDP dropped by 1.7% as business and housing investment declined. Japan's economy last suffered a hit of this magnitude after the 2011 tsunami and nuclear disaster. There is no way that this bubble of false prosperity was going to last forever, says Mr. Schneider. It was never real to begin with. It was just based on a pyramid of debt and false promises. In fact, the conditions of the global financial system is now far worse than it was just prior to the financial crisis of 2008. Sadly, Mr. Schneider says, most people do not understand these things. Most people just assume that our leaders have fixed whatever caused the problem last time, and when the next crisis arrives, they will be totally blindsided by it. And on that note, my friends, we'll be right back after the break to see what yet looms upon the horizon in the coming month called September. Sometimes I feel the world Seducing my affections It's not that I don't know the way It's just a heart that's prone to stray But with my weaknesses at me You will keep all that I've to me 
My friends, you may not believe it, but Jesus was your first love. Long before you had a first boyfriend or girlfriend or a husband or wife, the one who gave you breath was at some point your first love because you knew him before the foundation of this world was laid. What you do with that relationship in this life is up to you. My friends, as we move into the month of September of 2014, there are a few things to be aware of. And first on that list will be the marking of the 13th anniversary of 9-11 here in America in just 15 short days from today. Then on the evening of September 24th, 2014, which is on the Hebrew calendar at sundown, is not only the end of the 29th day of Elul, which, remember at the beginning of the broadcast, I said today was the first day of Elul. And this month is dedicated to repenting in Israel, to forgive all that have done wrong to you in this month, because it is the last month of the secular year calendar in Israel. My friends, On September 24th at sundown, the end of this month will occur, the 29th day of Elul. And it is as well the end of the month of Elul and the end of the entire Hebrew calendar of year of 5774. In return, there again at sundown, not only does the first day of the month of Tisera begin, but the celebration of Rosh Hashanah as well, which is to say, head of the year, and is, in other words, the beginning of the Jewish secular new year of 5775 on the Hebrew calendar. Now, here's where it gets very interesting. Listen very closely. As the new Hebrew year of 5775 is set in motion, something very exciting and prophetic will begin to take place that has not seriously taken place in Israel for the past 2,000 years and is called the Shemitah year or the seventh year of the seven-year cycle of which was and still is an ordinance that was set in motion by the one and only true and living God, creator of heaven, earth, and Israel, of which is outlined in the Old Testament of God's word, which can be, which is called, rather, and can be examined by reading Leviticus chapter 25, beginning at verse 1, of which states, And the Lord spake unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath, which means time of rest, my friends, unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord 
Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of its own accord in thy harvest, that shall not be reaped. Neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the land. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for thee, and for thy servant, and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for thy stranger that sojourneth with thee, and for thy cattle, and for the beasts that are in thy land, shall all the increase thereof be meat. My friends, to help you better understand that which I am at this moment sharing with you, I have borrowed this article from WND.com that sums it up and sums it all up, my friends, quite nicely, of which is titled, Israel Rediscover Shemitah in Time for Blood Moons. Posted by Author Unknown on WND.com, 625-2014, of which thusly begins out of Washington, Why are so many Christians in the U.S. and elsewhere standing up and taking notice of an Israeli government action to set aside $29 million to encourage local farmers to observe an ancient biblical commandment to let their fields lie fallow every seventh year? To understand what's grabbing the attention of Bible prophecy students around the world, the confluence of events taking place in 2014 and 2015 that many suspect show the hand of God at work. In Exodus chapter 23, verses 10 and 11, the writer says, you will find this commandment of God to Israel. And six years thou shalt sow thy land, and shalt gather in the fruits thereof. But the seventh year thou shalt let it rest, and lie still, that the poor of thy people may eat. And what they leave the beast of the field shall eat. In like manner thou shalt deal with thy vineyards, and with thy olive yard." The writer continues by saying that modern Israel hasn't paid much attention to this ancient commandment until recently. More and more farmers and consumers are expressing concern about fruits and vegetables internationally grown and harvested in the seventh year, also known as the Shemitah year or Sabbath year. Now the Israeli government and Jewish religious leaders are hoping to work together to reinstate the practice. The next Shemitah year on the biblical calendar begins September 25th, 2014. Rosh Hashanah, the civil new year. The new Shemitah budget will go to the Religious Affairs Ministry, which intends to use a portion of the funds for promotional materials and educational assistance for farmers wishing to honor the commandment. Others, another small portion of the budget will be used for the special ceremony that marks the end of the Shemitah year, September 13th, 2015. On Elul 29 on the Hebrew calendar. That ceremony will take place at the Western Wall in Jerusalem during Sukkot, also known as the Feast of Tabernacles. The bulk of the appropriated funds will be used to support farmers who will suffer loss of income, but who nonetheless choose to keep the Shemitah, allowing their fields to lie fallow in obedience to God's law. Despite the government's assistant concern, uh, concerns surrounding the uh, observant of the Shemitah or the sabbatical year are complex and involve Jewish legal issues and opinions on how best to adhere to the commandment without negatively affecting the income of farmers who follow the sabbatical law and to protect the fragile agricultural economy. After all, my friends, the writer says, the Shemitah has not been observed in Israel in any meaningful way since the fall of Jerusalem 
in 70 AD. My friends, time is growing very short. Additionally, the writer says, observant Jews in Israel will need guidance on how to best purchase foods that have not been grown on Israel soil during the year-long observance. In the period which, in the period, my friends, when kings ruled in Israel, disobedience to the sabbatical laws brought divine judgment and punishment. Israel's 70 years in Babylonian captivity were in part due to the failure of the Jews to observe the Shemitah for 70 years. According to 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verses 20 through 23, of which my friends states, and then, and them that had escaped from the sword carried he, meaning King Nebuchadnezzar, away to Babylon where they, serve, where they were servants to him, who is King Nebuchadnezzar, and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths for as long as she lied desolate, she kept Sabbath or rest to fulfill three score and ten years which is 70 years, my friends. Verse 22 says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth have, has the Lord God of heaven given me, and he has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? The Lord, his God, be with you, be with him, and let him go up. My friends, King Cyrus did not serve the one and only true and living God. He served every God on the face of the planet, false gods by the millions. Our God was just one that he had respect for, just the same as he had respect for Buddha or whoever else was in existence at that moment. So for him to say that he was going to send the 70-year captives of uh, Persia now, from Babylon, to Israel to rebuild the temple of God was extraordinarily extraordinary, and it was only by the hand of God that something like that could be done, my friends. So, my friends, I think that one of my questions at this point would have to be, is the building of the third temple even at the door as well? Just a little food for spiritual thought. Meanwhile, back at the, uh, the article concerning the Shemitah, or the seventh year of rest in God's seven-year cycle, the writer goes on to say, an additional feature of the law waives all outstanding personal debts between Jews in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. However, for Orthodox Jews, the Jewish Talmud disallows loan amnesty related to the Shemitah, Listen, except when the agricultural rules are also observed. This is going to be a very special time for some people in Israel, my friends, because the, the Shemitah, the rest of the land, is what that is in reference to. My friends, concerning the biblical release of the Lord, the Lord God, which is laid out in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, as stated earlier, the Lord God states that, at the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not expect it from his neighbor, nor of his brother, because it is called the Lord's release. Now, back to the article, my friends, where the writer asks this question. So what does all of this have to do with non-Jewish Christians around the world and Bible prophecy? 
Then goes on to explain that many non-Jews first learned about the significance of the Shemitah year while reading the best-selling Christian book of recent years, which I must agree with, my friends, The Harbinger, by Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, or by watching the documentary version of the Messianic Rabbi's teaching, the Israel or the Isaiah 910 Judgment the best-selling Christian movie of 2012 and 13, they add. While the Shemitah was designed by God to be a blessing to the people, listen up, my friends, when it was not observed and when the people walked away from God, it became a curse, explains Khan. In his book and movie works, Khan reveals that the two greatest financial calamities in American history occurred on successive Shemitah years following 9-11 and the Islamic terrorist attacks on the U.S. September 17, 2001, six days after the 9-11 attacks, the stock market reopened and suffered the greatest point loss in its history to that date. The market dropped 700 points, or 7%, in one day. In response, the Federal Reserve slashed the nation's interest rates, ushering in a period of economic devastation for the U.S., September 17, 2001, was the end of the Shemitah year on Elul 29. Seven years later, on September 29, 2008, would prove to be even worse. The days leading up to that date saw the government bail out Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, the two largest mortgage companies in the U.S., in a bid to prevent the collapse of the two. Shortly thereafter, Lehman Brothers, once considered the pinnacle of financial firms, reported losses of 45% and filed bankruptcy rather than accept a government bailout. The stock market dropped 777.7 points, or 7%, wiping out all the gains of the past seven years, thus making it the largest Ever one day drop in the U.S. stock market history, September 29, 2008, fell on Elul 20, marking the end of the Shemitah year in Israel. What followed was an implosion of the U.S. and world economies. Many are wondering now what will happen at the end of the next Shemitah year, September 13th. 2015. The WND.com writer then continues by saying, but it gets even more interesting when you factor in the astronomical occurrence in 2014 and 2015 of what has become known as the Blood Moon Tetrad, a series of four lunar eclipses occurring, occurring on Passover, the Feast of Tabernacles and the Feast of Tabernacles. The end of the Shemitah year in 2015 will be celebrated September 28th at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. On the same evening, the fourth final blood moon will occur. As pointed out by author Mark Bentz, who wrote Blood Moons and was the inspiration behind the movie of the same name. The first of the blood moons occurred on Passover, April 15, 2014. Bence, the discoverer of the blood moons phenomena and pastor of El Shaddai Ministries in Tacoma, Washington, ties previous rare blood moon tetrads to significant developments in the history of the Jewish people, including the expulsion of the Jews from Spain, the rebirth of the state of Israel, and the recapture of Jerusalem in the Six-Day War of 1967. Where is Mark Bentz going to be on the Feast of Tabernacles in 2014 and 2015? He's planning on being in Israel to see what happens firsthand. End of article. My friends, there are many, many biblical prophecies that are slated to come to fruition or 
completion soon and very soon. One of them is the rapture, my friends. But what's more important than being in Israel or anywhere else on the face of this planet at any given moment in time, as they all come to pass, is to be sure that your own spiritual house is in order. For the word of the one and only true and living God says that you must have a personal relationship with his one and only begotten son, who there again is Jesus Christ, to make heaven your eternal home. For my friends, Jesus himself tells us in John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, that his heavenly father, who is the one and only true and living God, creator of heaven, earth, Israel, and all mankind, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, who is he? He's Jesus Christ, might be saved. My friends, it says might be saved because the choice is purely up to you. It's a free will choice that God has given you to make in this lifetime here on earth. To either receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your only way of escape from the wrath of God, or to suffer the wrath of God and ultimately be cast into the lake of fire with Satan, his false prophet, Antichrist, evil angels, demons, and all those who decide that God's just not important in their life and a personal relationship with his one and only begotten son, who is Jesus Christ. In verse 18, the Lord God says, He that believeth on him, who is Jesus Christ, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. My friends, the name of the only begotten Son of God is Jesus Christ. Moving ahead, John says, of that one and only begotten Son, of the one and only true and living God, whose name is Jesus Christ, in John chapter 3, verses 34 through 36, that for he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and has given all things into his hand. And he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, the word of God says, but the wrath of God abideth on him. In John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus makes this promise to all who will love and obey him in this life when he begins in verse 1 by saying, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also, Jesus said. And whether I go, ye know. And the way, or the method, ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way, or the method? Jesus said unto him, I am the way. In other words, I am the method on how to get to eternal life, my friends. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, meaning in reference to eternal life. No man, Jesus said, comes unto the Father but by me. And for that reason, Jesus gives this invitation to all who will surrender their lives and hearts unto him in the here and now, and is found in Revelation chapter 3, verses 20 through 22, where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That door is the door of your heart, my friends. Jesus said, If any man hear my voice and open the door of your heart, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus said to him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne or power. 
even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne, or power, my friends. Jesus said, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Which brings us to the way or method of salvation that God has outlined in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. But before we go there, let's check out Pastor Tom on the phone here today. Hi, Pastor Dana. Uh, Greetings and shalom. Uh, Yes, shalom. Awesome show again. Thank Uh, you. Just sitting here. I didn't want to interrupt what you were going through right there. That was awesome. You know, just enjoying the teaching on the Shemitah and uh, the blood red moons again, hearing all that that's going on and the things that Israel are going through right now and they're, they're going to be experiencing here that are biblical. Yes, and not only is it applied to Israel, but it applies to America and the whole world. Amen. You know, and I just, I just picture you know, you know, celebrating the Shemitah and having that blood red moon, and I just remember standing at the eastern gate in Jerusalem and looking at the full moon that was there that night. That's right. And thinking about what it would look like during that time period with that blood red moon and all that uh, celebrations and everything that's going on right there in Israel and how prophetic it is right then. Absolutely. And, you know, there's only one sad downside to that. Hmm. While they are celebrating at the Western Wall at that Eastern Gate, looking up, Jesus would come in the rapture. If he were to come on that night, they (laughs) most likely... 99% 99% of them would be left behind Amen. to suffer would, yes. the time of Jacob's trouble, which is also known as the second three and a half years of the time of great tribulation, because they know not him whose name is Jesus Christ. Amen. But during that time, hopefully they will surrender their lives unto him. They have the chance. And everyone, the Lord said he would not come until everyone had the opportunity to hear. Absolutely. And, you know, with everything that's happening now, with the Internet, with the, everything that's happening, everybody is, is getting that opportunity. It's what they do with that opportunity. That's right. Will they accept or will they ignore and, and reject it? And it's so much, it's so much simpler to accept than it is to reject it. Well, you're right. Everybody has a chance, both in the here and now. And for those that do not know, on the other side of the rapture, that do not know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, the Lord has appointed them to have an opportunity to as well receive Jesus as their only Savior. And that is kind of what I was speaking of in reference uh, to the fact of those who could be at the Western Wall and left behind if— the Lord Jesus would choose to come at the end of the Shemitah in 2015. But the Lord God tells us we know not the day nor the hour in which the Lord Jesus Christ will return. But he does tell us in the word that we will know because of the signs of the time, the season in which he will return, and we are there. So it's time to look up, keep your eyes trained on the eastern sky, and know Jesus Christ as your personal and only Savior, for he is the holder of eternal and giver, holder and giver of eternal life. Amen. That's so true, and it is is so simple just to ask him into your heart. But you know, Pastor, no one comes to the Lord Jesus, but they be drawn by the Spirit. Amen. And you have to be open to that drawing. That's right. And you know, the Spirit is a gentleman. That's right. He you will have, not force himself upon them. No, the, you know, people don't realize that they're being wooed by the, the Spirit of the Lord all the time. Yeah. When you hear that small, still voice in the background going, you better not go that way, you better not do that, you better stop doing that, that is the power of God's Holy Spirit trying to direct you gently into realizing that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. The Lord God in his word says that we have all come short of the glory of God and that we are in need of a Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And he came to show us 
and teach us the way to live our lives and what to do when we need his guidance. He gave us the instruction book. He gave us the Bible. He gave us his word in how we should live our lives. And he came to show us even how we should live our lives. That's right. That's what the that's what the blood-stained mm. footsteps of uh, the New Testament present to us. Jesus, him crucified, buried, resurrected, sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for us each and every minute of every day yes. that we would make the right decision. But it is up to us uh, ultimately in how we conduct ourselves and choose the Lord Jesus Christ as being our only way of escape from that which is still yet to come. Yes, and it's an exciting time where we live in, but it's also a very sad time. It because, is. Because, you know, we, we know that we are looking for our Savior Jesus to appear in the eastern sky. Amen. But there are so many people out there that either reject or have no, they, they don't even have a desire to know that's that right. He's going to be appearing. That's right. And, you know, that's kind of that scene that I had going through my head. They're celebrating at the, at the Western Wall and the, not realizing till the celebration is over that the Lord had come and they've been left behind, if it were yeah. to take place that way. You know, yeah. uh, not saying that it would by any means, because uh, only the Lord knows that. But the thing is, is it's just it's a scene, and it's it's a scene that will be played out at some point, no matter um, what day and what hour the Lord Jesus Christ comes. There will be many left behind because the only people that will see him in his coming at the rapture are those who are ready, watching, waiting, and praying for his imminent return. All others will be left behind to suffer during the time of tribulation, great tribulation. And for those who knew to be ready and are not ready when the Lord Jesus Christ comes in the rapture and they're left behind, they will no longer ever have a chance to be received of the Lord because this was the day of grace. This is the time for us to make our decision on uh, salvation. On the other side of the rapture is a whole new ballgame. It's not anything I really even want to imagine. No, but that's why we're here. We're yeah. here to, to at least put out the warning that yeah. this is the situation. And it's not our word. It's God's yeah. word. This is what he says. And, and for a person to understand it is really important. And with that yeah. said, Pastor Tom, I am now going to go back and finish the altar call. Amen. Amen. Shalom. Shalom, shalom. Mm. My friends, as I said... In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, the Lord God has outlined the plan of salvation for all mankind once and for all, of which the Apostle Paul says by way of the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart... Man believeth unto righteousness, or as I like to say, right living in Jesus Christ. And the word of God says, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friends, the name of the Lord is Jesus Christ. With that said, my friends, as for those who do not and will not call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in this life, they have only one thing to look forward to, which is called the Great White Throne Judgment Day of God and is outlined in Revelation chapter 20, beginning at verse 11, of which John the Revelator states, beginning in verse 11, when he says, And I saw the great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place 
for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Not the work that Jesus Christ did upon the cross, my friends, but their works aside from the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, says the word of God. My friends, the second death is to forever, for eternity, be separated from God, Jesus Christ, the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, and from heaven and all who tried to point you in the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ as the giver of eternal life. Verse 15 says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My friends, time is very short. And when our time is up here, we will have had to made our choice to either follow the Lord and only Savior of all mankind, who is Jesus Christ, while we were here in the land of the living, or face the judgment day of God. So, as I do every week, if today you would like to be sure that your spiritual house is in order and that you're ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ whenever he calls you out of this world, then you will want to join me in the praying of the prayer of repentance or salvation or the sinner's prayer, as it is sometimes called. And if you're backslidden, you will this day want to pray this prayer in rededication of your life unto the Lord God. And with that said, my friends, let us pray. Please repeat this prayer with me out loud from the depths of your heart. It is a prayer unto the God who knows the end from the beginning. He knows your every thought. He knows where you've been, where you are, and where you're headed. So today, my friends, if you will turn your life over to him, as you pray this prayer, he will hear your words and know that you are faithful and true in the words that you speak, and he will begin or rekindle a relationship with you. With that said, let us pray. Dear Lord God, we humbly come before your throne this day and bow down. Lord God, I thank you for the sacrifice of your one and only begotten Son who was sinless and paid the price for me on the cross of Calvary and whose name is Jesus Christ, the anointed and appointed one of the one and only true and living God. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask this hour with a broken and contrite heart and spirit that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would wash me as white as snow and receive me into your eternal kingdom in the here and now and as I live my life out and on into eternity, as you call. Lord Jesus, I know that you are faithful and true to do that which you have promised, and what you have promised is to forgive me of my sins when I come to you with a broken and contrite heart and spirit. And this day, Lord Jesus, I have asked you faithfully, and I know faithfully you have received my petition. And I thank you for that. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would guide me and lead me into all truth and righteousness and bring all things to my remembrance that have been set down in the word of God. Help me to know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly. And I thank you for that, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious and holy name, I pray. Amen and amen. 
Now, you may realize that uh, I finished the prayer a little bit early today. And my friends, if you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart for the first time, he is with you. Now it is time to get with those of like faith. It is time to know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for yourself. That means get yourself a good study Bible, which is, I say, a King James Fire Bible. And uh, I don't get paid for saying that. I'm just saying that's the true unadulterated word of God set to footnotes that were presented by those who were filled with the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit when they wrote them. And I have found them to be very steadfast in alignment with the word of God. And I have one more thing to say to you today, my friends. And that is, over the past 22 weeks, or five months, I have had the pleasure of not only working with some of the most precious people I have ever met, I at the same time have been honored to bring you all within the hearing of my voice the awesome words that can only be produced by way of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost of the one and only true and living God who is the Heavenly Father of the only Savior of all mankind and whose name is Jesus Christ. As I sign off here today, I would just like to say thank you to all who have supported this internet radio ministry. I pray that I have served each and every one of you well, who has taken the time to listen to the Streams in the Desert live internet radio broadcast here on the doublewidenetwork.com. My friends, I encourage you all to look for Streams in the Desert Live on YouTube in the coming days, and I will see you in heaven, if not sooner. Pastor Tom and I as well invite you to keep in touch and stay in tune with prophetic updates and events daily at our website, which is streamsaz.org. And with that said, this is my final wrap for now. Thank you once again for tuning in today for the Streams in the Desert live internet radio broadcast here on the doublewidenetwork.com. Folks, don't forget to visit streamsaz.org daily on the web for updates on prophetic news from around the world and stay connected with me via social media and Twitter. This is Pastor Dana saying shalom and blessings to you all in the mighty name of Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, my Lord, Master, Savior, soon coming King and Messiah, yours too, I hope. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace which only comes by way of a personal relationship in good standing with his one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, and to walk in the power and anointing of his Holy Spirit. Until we meet again, shalom, shalom. I believe that we are living in the days John wrote about. The end times are upon us, and of that there is no doubt. Get your mind out of the world, take your Bible off the shelf. Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on DoubleWideNetwork.com, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily located on the doublewidenetwork.com Streams in the Desert Live landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?